Well, good evening, Salt Company. How are we doing? Good? Some of you are wondering, where's his boot? I got rid of that thing. Said the heck with it. Which the doctor would not be uh, happy with me for doing that. Um, hey, if you do know me, you know that I have something incredibly exciting coming up. And that is, next weekend, I am getting married. Yeah. To the love of my life, she is right back there, Michelle Marie Sabino. No. Not yet, Melenic. For right now, um, she will be Sabino. I can't believe I said that, I'm sorry. Um, no, you are gonna be a Sabino, so that's exciting. So we got engaged. I'm gonna talk a little bit about you, babe. <laughs> We got engaged um, five months ago. We got engaged in June. And what I did is I decided I, I didn't wanna do what every guy does, and that is take his girlfriend to the nearest like body of water and do one lap and then and just propose. I wanted to do something a little more exciting, and so I came up with this like scavenger hunt for her where she had to go to all these meaningful locations to us. And at the very end of the hunt, I would be there and I would propose. And so I called her boss and I'm like, hey, we need to figure out how to fool Michelle because she is super good at picking up on this stuff. So you need to schedule her for work. And she's like, I know exactly what we'll do. We will schedule her for a commercial. I'm like, perfect. And so I'm like, yeah, okay. Schedule her for a commercial. They schedule her. They say, hey, you're going to be in this really amazing commercial. You're going to be on TV. And she, to which I get a text that says, babe, you will never guess it. I am going to be on TV. I'm going to be in a commercial. And I'm like, no way, babe. <laughs> TV? <laughs> you? Wow. And so uh, I completely fooled her. She did. She went to these spots. I proposed, the ring was actually upside down when I did it, I flipped that around, said yes, she said yes, and guys, it was so magical. We had rain coming down in this barn, we're dancing together, just like holding each other. I'm like, this is stuff out of a movie. But here's the thing, engagement. <laughs> engagement, the interesting thing about engagement is that you can get to the very end of engagement and actually feel more distant from the person you're marrying than when you started. And me and Michelle got to that place a couple weeks ago. Now, we worked through it, but what had happened is every single time we hung out, we just talked about the wedding. Like, hey, have you gotten your guys' height and width of their pants? Have, what are we gonna put on the tables? Who's singing? Who's this? And every single time we just, we talked about the wedding and we ended up just getting upset with each other because either I wasn't doing something I was supposed to do or she wasn't. She was always doing something she was supposed to do. It was always me. <laughs> but we got to this place where our relationship wasn't actually exciting like it used to be. And thank God we worked through it. But tonight... There are many of you who you feel that way with your walk with the Lord. 
And you started with so much excitement. This was going to be the year. We had the kickoff. You got your connection group. We did the retreat. It was so exciting. And now, temperature's changing. You're not as excited about the things of God. Your heart is no longer there. Right now, you feel like dead. And I'm telling you, tonight in John 15, Jesus will tell us that the way that we live a fruitful life for him is we walk closely with him. So if you guys have your Bibles, you can open them to John chapter 15. We are going to be in verses 1 through 11. And while you open there, I want to give a little context as to where our passage falls. So this text falls on the night before Jesus will be killed. Jesus has just taken communion with his disciples, and he said that really eerie phrase that one of you will betray me, and we all know who left, Judas. Well, now Judas has left, and Jesus is with the 11. And he is traveling from where they took communion down this hillside to the garden where he will be betrayed. And now Jesus will have this last conversation with his disciples. Keep in mind, he has spent the past three years with them. He has invested in these men. He has taught these men. He has discipled these men. And now we have arrived at the night before he will be killed. And these are the last words that he says to them. These words are incredibly important. And so let's hear what the word has to say. I'm going to read the first two verses Jesus' last word to his disciples. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. So Jesus opens up this illustration with them. He says, okay, there is a vine, which is me. There are branches connected to this vine, which we'll find out in verse five. He's telling the disciples, you are those branches. And he says, those branches are supposed to produce fruit. And then he says, and my father, he is the vineyard keeper, And he removes branches, and he prunes branches. I want to answer this question. What is Jesus talking about when he talks about fruit? Like, is he talking about bananas, kiwi? Like, what does he mean when he talks about fruit? What does the word fruit mean when you see it in the Bible? Well, Galatians 5.22 Paul tells us that the fruit of the Spirit 
is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. And Philippians 1.11 probably answers what fruit is best. It says fruit. Paul says fruit is righteousness. This will be key that you understand what that means for tonight's text. Now, what does the vineyard keeper do? What does God, the Father, the vineyard keeper do? He prunes branches, and then he removes branches. And I want to address, what does Jesus mean when he says, God will remove branches? Because we hear that, and we go, does that mean that if I don't do enough good things for God, he might look at me and remove me? Like, can I lose my faith? And you had, you had to know the disciples are probably wondering this because he just said, one of you will betray me. Can we be removed from Jesus? Well, the answer to that is no, you can't. John 10, 28, just five chapters before Jesus says this, he says, I give eternal life. They will never perish, never. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And so what does he mean by removed? If you can't lose your faith, what does he mean when he says removed? Well, remember, he just said, one of you will betray me. And who was it? It was Judas. Judas appeared to be a branch. He appeared to be a follower, but he never truly was. When Jesus talks about branches being removed, he's talking about people who appear to follow Jesus, who every indication, it looks like they do, they would maybe even identify themselves with him, but if you took a closer look at their life, there's no fruit. There's no righteousness in their life. And this was Judas, identified, appeared to be the disciples, entrusted him with the money because surely he was a follower. And yet, who would hand Jesus over in just a matter of hours? Judas. There are people who appear to be branches, yet never truly were. The way you know is, do they have fruit? Are they producing righteousness? I'm telling you, some of you here tonight, you appear, you appear to know Jesus. You say all the right things. You come to Salt Company. You're in a connection group some weeks. You're there, but if we took a closer look at your life, there's no righteousness. Fruit is what says Jesus has changed the way I live. But look at what Jesus says in verse three. He says, you, speaking to his 11 disciples, 
He says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So he reassures his disciples, who you know were probably pretty nerve-wracked at this point. He says, you are already clean. I've already made you clean. You have relationship. You're not being removed. And I want all of you to hear this that are going, wait, could I be removed? Jesus is saying, no, you already have relationship. You already have relationship. And that is the story for many of you who have relationship with Jesus tonight. He says, you are already clean. Well, now he's going to tell us, he's going to tell true followers how to produce spiritual fruit. If you're taking notes, you can just write, how do I produce fruit? How do I produce spiritual fruit? Let me read verses four through eight, and this is, these words are amazing. Jesus says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Jesus says a phrase in there six different times. Remain in me. Your text might say, abide in me. He doesn't say anything super mystical or super Harry Potter, like profound. He says, remain, remain. And he uses this incredibly simple imagery. He's like, hey, see this branch? This thing only produces fruit if it's in the vine. If it's not in the vine, it doesn't produce fruit. So we could get a branch, and in fact, I did. There it is. I tore this off a tree in the Candeo parking lot. <laughs> Sorry, Cody, if you're here. <laughs> Vandalism, okay. Here's the thing. This branch, okay, we could do anything and everything to try to get it to produce fruit, okay? We could buy the best soil there is. We could go to Menards and buy like the scary good fertilizer in the outdoor section, you know? We could dig a hole and plant this thing in the ground. We could water it every day. We could put it in the sunlight. We could pray for the branch. <laughs> 
we could lay hands on the branch. We could do an encouragement circle for the branch. <laughs> you got it. You can do it. Fruit. Come on, God. You got it. Here's the thing. This thing will never produce a thing. <laughs> Hear what Jesus is saying. The only way you produce spiritual fruit is if you remain in me. That's the only way. You remain in me. Remain comes from the Greek word meno. Meno. <laughs> I think it's got a little like Mexican to it. It means this. <laughs> it means this. To stay put. To keep existing in. Hear how simple this is. To be connected to or to not leave. That's what remain means. And so the question for all of us is how? How do we remain? How do we abide in Jesus? How do we stay connected to him? Well, the answer is in verse seven. Look at what Jesus says. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Remain in me and what? And my words remain in you. What does Jesus mean when he says, my words? Well, John 1, 1 talks about the word of God. And it says something interesting. It says that the word became flesh. You know what John records in Revelation? Revelation 19, 13, he gets a glimpse of heaven and he gets a glimpse of Jesus is brought to his knees, and he writes, his robe was dipped in blood, and his name was what? The Word of God. John 3.34, the one who God has sent speaks God's words. Here is the crazy truth. The way that you remain, the way that you draw near to Jesus is you draw near to his word. Because in his word is where his presence is. When you draw near to the word, to the word of God, you draw near to God himself. Isn't that crazy? Jesus Christ speaks right here. Though he was leaving his disciples, what would he leave? The word of God. When he spoke, he spoke the words of God, and he's given it to all of us. 
Look at what Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says. I think I got it up here. How happy is the man who delights in the Lord's instruction and meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. The one who delights in the law of the Lord, in the word of God, he is the one who bears fruit. Where is God's instruction? It is right here. So, me and my, I'm gonna change directions for a minute. Me and my sisters grew up huge Disney fans. Can I hear a big holler for Disney fans out there? Yes. So, I remember the first time my parents ever took us to Disney World. <laughs> okay. So, my dad told us, I, by the way, I was seven, um, Ellie was uh, six, I believe, six or five, and then Claire was five. So my dad tells us, hey, we're going Christmas shopping. I'm like, sweet. So he takes us to Kmart, which is the first giveaway we're not going Christmas shopping. It's Kmart. God bless you, Kmart. Um, but we get there, and he goes, hey, we're actually not going Christmas shopping at all. I'm like, what? And he goes, actually, your bags are packed we are going somewhere else, <laughs> somewhere else. And he goes, shut your eyes. <laughs> and he pulls out of his pocket these three pieces of paper and he hands them to us. And he goes, okay, three, two, one, open. And I look down at what I'm holding and it is this <laughs> golden ticket that says 100 Mickey Mouse bucks. And I'm like, no. Look up at my dad, back at my sisters, back at the ticket. We are going to Disney World. I look at my sisters and we all start just bawling in the car. <laughs> we're like, oh, this is the best thing. And uh, my dad goes, and we're going there right now. And he throws the car in drive and we embark. <laughs> we embark to uh, Florida, which they live there now. Um, so we are, we are on our way there, and uh, my, as if things could not get any better, my mom turns around and she goes, hey, by the way, we are staying at the Nickelodeon Resort. I'm like, the Nickelodeon? That's where SpongeBob's from. <laughs> That is where SpongeBob is from. And not only that, but there is a water park in the Nickelodeon, literally in the middle of the resort. So I'm like, oh, this is amazing. We get there. We, we swim up that water park like you have never seen it. My grandma's with us. She climbed up this like weird rope. It was weird. Um, <laughs> we stay there. And uh, the next morning, uh, I get to the buffet and there is just like this mile long case of donuts. I'm like, Lord, this is so good. And uh, this, our Disney shuttle arrives because we get a Disney shuttle. And uh, we aboard this thing and <laughs> aboard, I don't know if that's how you say it, board. We take this thing 
And uh, the woman stops and he goes, actually, now it's time for you to board the ferry. So I'm like, mom, what is the ferry? And she's like, it's a boat. I'm like, sweet. And uh, we board this ferry. We start heading towards Disney. We cross this waterway. And uh, our boat arrives and I see the castle. Cinderella's castle. And tears are beginning to stream. And Mickey Mouse comes out and addresses the entire crowd. And is like, the park will open in 10, 9, And people are counting down. And there's just families and people everywhere. And we're like, oh. And the gates swing open. And we all just begin to funnel into Disney. And I'm telling you, I'm looking. There's kids eating caramel apples, cotton candy. Goofy is like on an electric guitar, like Peter Pan, Buzz Lightyear, oh my word. And I will never forget the two totally different experiences that my sisters had. So Ellie, Ellie did, we walked into the park and Ellie looks up at my dad and she goes, up, up, up. And he holds his hands out and she like, does this gymnastic, like, walk up him onto his shoulders. And I kid you not, she did not leave the rest of the day. Like, wherever my dad went, up there, they bought her a sucker. She's waving. I have a picture of Ellie. There she is. Uh, she's actually right grown up back there. So uh, there you go, science. So uh, there's Ellie just smiling, just delighting, my dad's bicep, wow. Um, but my sister has like this death grip around my dad. And she just, wherever he went, she was there. And then there was Claire. Claire, we get there. We're not even like 10 minutes in. And uh, Claire's gone. <laughs> gone. And I'm like, oh, no. My mom's like, Paul. Where is Claire? We have to find her. Just have you seen Claire? No, no, no. And it's like full panic mode. We got to go find her. And uh, my dad takes off. Ellie's still up there just like, I don't know who Claire is. Like, I love Disney. And we just were looking for Claire. And then we find her. What Claire had done is she had, uh, we were headed for Dinosaur World she went to this like circus area. She decided to take off. And we find Claire and she is standing outside of there just bawling, just ah! like looking around, snot coming down the nose, like down to the chin, like quivery lip. Claire is a mess. And my dad runs over to her and just picks her up. And she's just, ah, 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 just like bawling. And uh, he grabs her, like he puts his hands on her and he goes, Claire, don't you ever leave me again. And she's like, okay, don't you, says it again, don't you ever leave me again. Salt Company, as soon as Claire wandered off, as soon 
as she walked away, instantly lost. And not only that, but missing out on what was meant to be such a delightful experience. Why? Because she's a five-year-old, and five-year-olds don't wander around Disney World by themselves. They get lost. I'm telling you, Jesus tells all of us tonight this. Don't leave me. Don't wander away from me. Jesus says, verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, any branch that is not in me withers. Some of you have stopped opening up the words of God every single day. You've stopped hearing from him. You've stopped becoming completely dependent upon him. And now you are experiencing withering. There is sin ruining your life. Sin that you thought you had defeated that has creeped its way back that you're not telling anyone about. Some of you, you've stopped hearing the word of God and now your heart, it doesn't break for lost people. You don't think about lost people. You just care about yourself. Your heart has grown colder and colder and colder to the things of God because you have stopped hearing from him. I'm telling you this, all company, when you stop walking closely with Jesus, you will become less and less and less and less like him. You stop hearing from his word. How are you going to obey someone when you don't even know what they say? Let me remind you what Romans 7, 18 says. It says, not one good thing exists in the flesh. As soon as we start living the Christian life, not completely dependent upon the word of God, our little twig branch, who Jesus calls us tonight, it begins to wither. And not only that, but this is the scary thing. You, when you stop hearing from the word of God, you paint a huge red target on your back to the devil because he knows you are at your weakest when the word of God is not in you. You are at your weakest. Some of you don't realize that the devil is prowling around. It is his mission every day, every hour, every minute to pull you away from Jesus. And I'm telling you, you make it easy for him when you stop hearing from the word of God. Look at what 1 John 2.14 says. This verse is amazing. Look, 
I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you, and you have had victory over the evil one. How are you strong? How do you have victory over the evil one? God's word, his word abides in you. And you know what happens when you do? When you stop, start walking closely with Jesus, hearing from him every day, not wandering, he remains in you. Jesus says six times, remain in me, and then this other phrase, and I in you. What made Ellie's trip, can we get her picture back up? What made that girl's trip so delightful is that she just clung on to her father. She didn't leave. John 14, 23 says this. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and what? And we will make our home within him. Hear that tonight, Saul Company. Jesus says, walk closely with me and I will bear the fruit in you. You do nothing. You're a twig. You just hook yourself up to the power source, which is him, which is his word. You just hear from it and his spirit will bear fruit in you. Jesus makes Christianity simple. Remain. If you ever tried to honor God on your own, you ever tried to do it by yourself, you would, you, you would fail before you even started. And Jesus says, remain, take your twig, attach it to me, because when God looks at me, you know what he sees? Perfection, complete righteousness. You attach yourself to me, I have left you the spirit who will work in you. Well, look at Jesus' closing words. Verses 9 through 11. And Jesus is going to close this passage by saying this. Listen, some of you, you remain in the word, but part of you remaining and the words of God remaining in you is you actually obey the things that they say. And so some of you are like, man, I got out easy on this sermon. I'm at Sidecar every morning with my Bible. And it's like, yeah, but do you obey? the things of God. Do you obey? Well, he is going to tell us how, and this is, this is crazy. He says this, as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Read, I'm going to read verse 9 one more time and let these words sink in. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. As much as God the Father could love his son, he says, that's how much I love you. Obey my commands. Verse 10, if you keep my commands, you remain in my love. But what did he say right before? He said, remain in my love. Some of you think, 
if I, don't, like, don't hear that wrong because some of you think if I do enough good things, eventually I'll fall in love. And when has that ever worked? Ever. I don't look at Michelle and go, okay, you know what? If I can do this and I can uh, get the pant sizes and I can do this, eventually I'll be in love, I think. I'll, I'll enter back into love after doing enough things. Jesus says, no, remain in my love. If you remain in my love, you will naturally do. And so some of you don't need to correct your obedience for God. You need to correct your love for God because obedience will naturally happen. Remain in Jesus. Remain in him. Hear his words. They are your protection. They are how you walk closely with him. Cling to his words. And remain, do it all out of love, the love that he looked at all of us and said, you know, you're not too sinful. You're not too broken. I will come for you. I will die the death you deserve, all on your behalf, so that you could have eternal life. Jesus Christ, he loves you. Cling to him. Don't live the Christian life apart from him. You need him every single day. In verse 11, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this and then we'll pray. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Be like Ellie. Cling to Jesus. Let me pray. God, I am so thankful for these words. Lord, so often what I think it means to honor you is that I somehow do something. And I think that because if I can get another guy in my connection group, if I can get a group of people excited about you, if I can do this, and God, I don't do a thing that honors you apart from you. Jesus, I pray that every single person here that follows you would cling to your word. They would remain in it. They would stay put every day. They would hear from the living God who wants to speak to them. Two minutes a day in a psalm is not enough, Jesus. God, I pray that we would be a group of people who cling to you, who obey what you say, and do all of it because of what you did for us. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We are branches. We are four-year-olds. We need you. We thank you that when you left, you didn't just leave the disciples. You gave them your words and your spirit. They would start fishermen and they would all be martyred for you. Why? Because the spirit of God existed in them and they clung to it. Jesus, we love you. We ask all of these things in your name. Amen.